Good morning, True Spirit. How excellent is his name above all the earth. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, how excellent is your name above all the earth. And we thank you for being such an awesome God. We thank you for being such a faithful God. We love you. We adore you. We bless your holy name. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. Amen. I'd like to say first, give an honor to God, to Pastor Greer in his absence and thank him for this opportunity to preach his word. I don't take that for granted or lightly because as we all have come through this past year, life is fleeting and we don't know when it's going to be our time to, to answer. If you would, you're already standing. Turn your attentions to 2 Kings 13th chapter, starting at verse 14. And we're going to read in your hearing through the 21st verse. And it reads... Now Elijah had been suffering from an illness for which he died, from which he died. Joash, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Elijah said, get a bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands. And he said to the king of Israel, when he had taken it, Elijah put his hands over the king's hand. Opened the window. They opened the east window. And he said, and he opened it. Shoot, Elijah said. And he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Abram, Aram, Elijah declared, you will completely destroy the Aramans at Aphek. Then he said, take the arrows, and the king took them. Elijah took him, told him, strike the ground, and he struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you will defeat it only three times. Verse 20, Elijah died and was buried. Now the Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring once, while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of raiders 
So they threw the man's body in Elijah's tomb. And when the body of Elijah, when the body touched Elijah's bone, the man came to life and stood upon his feet. And for your, the emphasis is going to be on verse 21. And when the Israelites were bearing a man, suddenly he saw a band of raiders. They saw a band of raiders. So they threw the man's body into Elijah's tomb. And when the body touched Elijah's bones, the man came to life and stood up on his feet. So my subject, you may be seated. The title of this message this morning is Hope in Uncertain Times. I grew up in the 60s in rural East Texas. During a time of segregation where there were schools for blacks and schools for whites. And I remember the uncertainty of integrating schools when I went to the fifth grade. I watched in 1963, the March on Washington. I was watching again in 1963 on our only black and white TV in the living room, the day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated. I also remember in April of 1968 when Dr. Martin Luther King, when it was announced that Dr. Martin Luther King was shot and later died. And then later that year, the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy a few months later. I remember the Vietnam War in the 60s and how frightened I was as a little girl thinking the war was going to spill over it into the United States. I remember the Griffith family in our church. The son, their oldest son, was drafted into the army at 19 years old. And I remember the day, like it was yesterday, he left for war. And I also remember the day that his body returned back to our community in a glass seal casket just a few months after he had departed. As his plane was, was blown up in Vietnam the day that they landed. I can still see myself peering into that casket as a little girl and seeing no resemblance of that young man that left that day. And I can still see myself looking at his young wife and their baby. Those are memories that are so forever etched in my mind. However, I also remember growing up in that little town, in that little town where hope was firmly planted in God, no matter what the crisis was at hand. The professor of psychology Barbara Fredrickson argues that hope comes into its own when crisis looms, opening, opening up to new creative possibilities. Hopeful people 
are like the little engine that could. They keep telling themselves, I think I can. I think I can. If Miss Fredrickson is right, the events of the past helped to shape our view, and certainly the events of this past year, from a relentless global pandemic to the recent Texas electrical power outage grid failures that paralyzed millions in the state of Texas. Our nation has been set up for great new creative possibilities. This year has certainly been one for the history books. But more importantly, maybe God is trying to tell us something deeper than just the experience itself. Our hope cannot be in the White House, but in who's on the throne. Our hope cannot be in our jobs, but in the God that is our provider. Our hope should not be in the stock market because it is as fragile and volatile as the next crisis. Our hope cannot be in this church building because the privilege we have had been given to assemble can quickly be taken away. Our hope cannot be in family and friends because they can be taken away in the twinkling of an eye. Our hope must not be in the things that we possess because we can't take it with us. Our ability to be hopeful in the face of uncertainty has been tested in this one short year. In the midst of everything that we've seen and experienced, God is still God. And none of the events in our lives have caught God by surprise, nor has he left his throne. Our hope in God must stand firm. God is calling the church to a real and personal relationship with him. And when we, review, when we view these circumstances from God's perspective, there is always hope. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. All of these circumstances are working for us whether good, bad, or indifferent. You may be a young person in grade school or college, and this pandemic or COVID-19, the social distancing, wearing a mask, learning from home, may have turned your world upside down. And this experience has simply taken the F out of fun. But be encouraged. These experiences are teaching you how to be flexible, how to shift your thinking about making life's adjustments and still thrive. When Abram was told by God to take his family, leave his kindred and acquaintances and go to a land that he will show him, Abram had to shift his thinking and make major adjustments in order to follow God and where he was leading him. It took great faith and hope in the promises of God 
for him to move out in faith. We live in times of great uncertainty, but we cannot lose hope. Psalm 71 and 5 says, But thou art my hope, O Lord God, thou art my trust from my youth. That's where our hope starts, when we're young and it grows and matures. The, the, the pandemic has taken nearly 500,000 lives in the U.S. alone. That's like wiping out the entire population of Colorado Springs and then some. Some of us have lost loved ones and friends in the virus, but we're still here. So there's still hope. So what are we going to do with this life that we've been given to live? Hello, COVID-19 survivors. What are we going to do with this life we have been given to live? I truly believe that if not for this pandemic, we will be sitting under a second term of hashtag 45. And that's just me. God has a way that's like no other. A crisis has a way of shaking things up but also a way of fixing our priorities and turning our hope back to God and not in man. Our text today brings us a message of hope. Just like in today's time, the children of Israel were acquainted with division and trouble. Israel was comprised of the northern kingdom Israel and Judah in the southern kingdom. They struggled with worshiping God and other gods. The line of David is reigning in the southern kingdom, which was almost eliminated by Jezebel's daughter, who married into the family of David. But God always had, always had a prophet for the season of their disobedience. So it was with Elijah the prophet, the great miracle worker, who had received a double portion of Elijah's spirit in 2 Kings 2. He healed the bitter waters near the city of Jericho. And in chapter 4, 2 Kings, he raised the Shunammite woman's son from the death, from his death. He blessed the widow's woman's jar of oil so that she could pay her debt and all that she owed. And in chapter 5, Elisha told the leper Naaman, 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 the Syrian army commander to wash seven times in the Jordan River in order to restore his flesh. Yet in 2 Kings 13 and verse 14, Elijah is suffering from an illness for which he will die. And King Joash is visiting him and weeping over him. For Joash knew that the strength of Israel was really in the presence of the prophet of God. And he sees that strength slipping away from the earth and he mourns. Joash was not a worshiper of false gods. He was a false worshiper of the true God. Yeah. 
He had some respect for the true God and therefore some regard and honor for Elijah. But God's power and strength is not limited to one man. And in verses 15 through 18, Elijah directs Joash to get a bow and some arrows as a symbolic act designed to signify the victories promised to the king of Israel over the Syrians. He is laying his hands upon the king's hands was to represent the power imparted to the bow shot as coming from the Lord through the median of the prophet, shooting the first arrow eastward to the part of his kingdom which the Syrians had taken and which was east of Samaria, was a declaration of war against them for their invasion. His shooting other arrows into the ground was a token of the number of victories he would have taken. But by him stopping at the third strike revealed his weakness of his faith. For as he discharged the arrow signified a victory over the Syrians. The more arrows he shot, the more victories he would have gained. As he stopped, so his victories would also be incomplete. He did not know that God's plan for a nation was directly connected to the small actions Elijah asked him to perform. So Elijah became angry with him and scolded the king. And then Elijah dies in verse 20. But look again at verse 21. Verse 21 says, Once when some Israelites was burying a man, they spied a band of raiders. So they hastily threw the body, the corpse, this version says the corpse, into the tomb of Elijah and fled. But as soon as the body touched Eliza's bone, the dead man came to life and stood to his feet. And that's where our hope, a message of hope is coming from today. Verse 21. How do you have hope in uncertain times? Because in when, oh, I'm sorry. They, they spied a band of raiders. And so they hastily threw the corpse away. My first point in finding your hope in uncertain times is because God can change things suddenly. They spied uh, raiders in the cemetery. And that's an odd occurrence. If I wanted to commit mass murder, a cemetery is not a place I want to be. Is not a place I would go. But God has a way of 
changing the scene and changing the tempo of life. So this cemetery scene, God used the Moab, the raiders, the sighting of the raiders to stop them at the point of this man's revival. And anytime in the Bible there is a change in the scene, you'll see the word suddenly. And you know something is about to change. Paul on the road to Damascus was stopped suddenly by light. Paul and Silas in the jailhouse rock was, was released suddenly. Peter shackled in the jail was released suddenly. We're, we're, anytime God wants to shift the atmosphere, you can always look for the word suddenly. I was reminded of a, a movie my grandkids and I watched called The Avengers, The Endgame. And as I intently watched that movie, and it looked like all the heroes were done for, they were finished and darkness had covered the earth, all of a sudden, the heroes, Marvel heroes of the past, descended from heaven and brought them to victory. Anytime God wants to shift things, just look for the word suddenly. And I just believe that we experienced that last year. The pandemic just came on us suddenly, it appears. But I just believe in those suddenly moments, God wants to show us a new dimension of who he is. And my second point is, comes in verse 2, the B section of that verse, when it said that the body touched Elijah's bone and the dead man, I'm sorry, they threw, so they hastily threw the corpse in the tomb of Elijah. My second point is because people may throw you away or let you down, but God will lift you up. The Israelites had all the best intentions and plans of burying this man, but they were stopped short of their destination because of fear. This was God's ordained interruption into their plans. We have some interruptions into our plan this past year. But God is in the midst of 2020 and in 2021 in any interruption into our lives. Interruptions uh, into the time that we had planned with our family and friends and even interruptions into the time that we had planned to spend in this building. And sometimes as youth, we have interruptions into our lives because we're not raised by our parents. We, our parents forsake us. But Psalms 27 and 10 says, when my mother and father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. That's an encouragement to know that no matter what the plans are, 
Man's mind make many plans, but only God's plan will succeed. The text says that Elijah's bones revived this man. And my third point is know that God is not done. That should be a word of encouragement for somebody today. This man was dead, done for, finished, written off. And he comes in contact with a dried up, dead bone of prophet Elijah. And he's brought back to life. Not just in a casual fashion of just opening his eyes. But the power of God hit this man's body that he sprung to his feet. And the only thing I could think of was in the military, when the enlisted comes in the presence of an officer, you know you had to pop to attention. You couldn't just sit in your seat and act like somebody didn't pass you, but you need to pop to your attention. So this man, body, recognized the power of God, that, and it had nothing to do with Elijah, but the power of God through this servant. So your relationship with your family may be fractured now, but God is not done. Broken, mending hearts. Your job situation may not look promising, but God is not done providing for you. The church may look a little shaky right now, but not, God is not done with his church. Our nation may be torn up from the floor up. But God is not done with America yet. I can just see this man jumping to his feet. And Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. The prophet Elijah, who was known for many miracles, God had done one more miracle through his very bones to honor this prophet of God. The primary effect of this miracle was to greatly increase the reverence of the Israelites with the memory of Elisha, to lend force to his teaching, and to especially add weight to his unfulfilled prophecy concerning their triumph over Syria. In their extreme state of depression to which the Israelites had been reduced, a miracle was needed to encourage and reassure them. And it is proof of the resurrection of the dead, of eternal life, and the emblem of being quickened through the death of Christ. So when we're looking at everything around us and feeling a little hopeless, know that God can change things suddenly. Everything that we are experiencing right now is momentary. People can let you down, throw you away, and forget about you. But God will lift you up because you are in God's hand. God is not done with where we are now. He's teaching us how to trust him more. I remember the song growing up, My Hope is Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust 
the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. And all other ground is sinking sand. Hope in uncertain times. We live in uncertain times, but we don't have to be hopeless. God is our hope. Amen.